Welcome to a new year and a new season of the Radio Rayburn Podcast. My name is Jacob Drescher and I have the opportunity to serve as the Talent and Marketing Manager here at Rayburn General Contractors. And we're excited to kick off Season 2, Episode 1, as we get the opportunity to talk with Mitchell Wyatt, Vice President of Business Development out of our Birmingham office. You know, going back to the purpose of why we are doing this podcast, which was and, and is to create another tool to communicate and engage with our team members. In addition to the monthly newsletter we produce and the quarterly company updates from Matt Rayburn, our president and CEO, to share company news with you and meet the people behind the scenes at RGC that make it happen. We hope you enjoyed season one and we look forward to bringing you a new season in a new year. Enjoy. Mitchell, welcome to the kickoff episode for season two and our first one for the year 2022. Glad to have you with us today. Thanks, Jacob. I'm glad to be here for uh, the uh, kickoff of season two and your first podcast guest. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. I uh, want to get right into it and and talk about your role uh, from a high level view as vice president of business development and what that looks like for you on a on a day to day deal. So I'm not sure what the correct definition is a VP of business development, but overall my role I see as uh, a couple areas I focus on new client development, making sure our existing clients are happy with what we're doing and continually getting out into the market and really touching new clients and planting seeds in all the business zones that we tend to work in uh, day to day for me. It's uh, it's really all over the place. I mean, I've got uh, a CRM program that I usually update first thing in the mornings and it just touches where all the jobs are we're looking at, currently working on and prospecting in. That's kind of my magnetic north to lead me where uh, time is focused during the day, which calling clients, checking in with them. I'm setting up meetings and lunches. It's a constant on the move, uh, usually weekly travel during the week to any of the markets we're working in outside of Alabama. And um, in addition to that, our team up here in Birmingham, we have a lot of pre-con in the opera at any one point. So it's supporting that team and putting test fit budgets together for clients to see if they can make their deals work. As you look ahead and, and start to plan for, for 2022 in the new year, what are you looking forward to at, at RGC? You know, right now it has been an absolute pleasure with the clients we've had past jobs with that have come back to us because of how satisfied and happy they were and whether they call Matt or Steven or Mike or myself and say, look, we've got another deal. We're ready to go to work with you guys. Nothing excites me more when I get up in the morning knowing that another one of those calls may come. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most. That our client base that we have right now from a negotiated standpoint just continues to blossom and grow and really lead us down the road. Also looking forward to, and really we've seen it over the past two or three years now with, with the pandemic of many challenges within the industry from workforce development to supply chain to just COVID in general. Um, anything else that you see as a challenge to our industry heading into a new year? Definitely. Um, you know, if, if you were to boil it down to a couple bullet points, uh, talent management and labor shortages for us are huge, as they are for any general contractor. 
and really employer for that matter. Um, we, we've all heard the term great resignation that's just prevalent now across all industries. And so I think everybody's struggling to understand what that means and how it's going to affect their individual businesses. Subcontractors that we use are having the same issue. So, you know, my eyes on that, how we can continue to hire the best and brightest for our business so that we can succeed. Um, to tag on to the end of that, we've got supply chain constraints where you know, you name the product, it's different every week. I know you and Stephen talked about it briefly on the podcast before, but we never know when the next shortage is going to come of insulation or masonry or metal panels. And so it just, it's a constant uh, struggle to stay ahead of that. Um, I think from an economic standpoint too, you've got, what we've had almost 10 years of just a bullish market in general with growth and you know, no recessions. And so at some point, I think that's going to slow down. Um, COVID, I believe, is helping it slow down. And what I mean by that is the companies locally in, in the U.S. that have relied on China or other countries to manufacture their equipment or products. Now that they're, they're not going to be able to do that. And so you're, you're going to see this. And, and this is, you know, my crystal ball. What am yeah. I seeing? I, yeah. I think you're going to see U.S. companies start to bring manufacturing back into the United States um, because they're not going to be able to rely on other countries to do it and still keep their business afloat. So I think there's going to be a resurgence in the U.S. of manufacturing. Um, it's on my radar to check out and just make it a business segment for us. Um, you know, but maybe over the next 18 to 24 months, depending on what the Federal Reserve does with their bond buying back program and raising of interest rates, I do think you'll start to see a little bit of a level off. And I don't like the word recession, but a little sure. bit of a level off and slowdown. Sure. And again, those clients that we have that negotiate projects with us become all that more important in that economic. Um, and there's there's so many factors within that. It's not just one or two, right? I mean, it's whatever is affecting this and, and it's affecting that. And then it just keeps the, the line gets longer and longer. Yeah. Doesn't the, it? the market is complex and I, I'm not smart enough to even begin to understand how yeah. it all ties together, but you're absolutely right. There's so many factors that, uh, you know, just, just affect each other. Mitchell, I want to kind of turn to you now and, and really your journey in this industry and um, want to go back until how you started your story uh in construction we we love to hear about that uh well so for me um i think right after i graduated high school the summer before i went to auburn i uh, just needed a summer job and i had friends that were working in the construction industry and i got a job that summer um and it was actually a, a healthcare job and the superintendent said you know how to rub curbs with concrete no sir i'm not sure what that means and so he gave me a bucket and a 150 pound bag of Portland cement and a brush. And he said, there's 1500 linear feet of curb. I just need you to rub that curb out. So I spent that summer <laughs> on my hands and knees with a, uh, a wire broom, whisk brush, <laughs> five gallon bucket and some cement rubbing curbs. And um, it was one of the hottest summers that I can remember. And it's probably because the sun was on the back of my neck the entire time. But yeah. after that, I went down to Auburn and started, uh, got, got my business degree from there. And once I graduated to fast forward a few years, there was something about the people in the construction, mm -hmm. construction industry that really drew me back. And 
to elaborate on that a little bit, I think what it is is from a normal day in the construction industry, you come across so many different personality types and it's just colorful and you have to relate to those people and it's always something different. I've never, I've never had a day in this business where I haven't learned something from somebody else, mm -hmm. whether it be how one of the skill sets they do in their craft or how they put together a business deal. And I, it took me a while to realize that, but it's really the people I think that, that pulled me into this business. And is that the reason why construction for you? I mean, is, is it, was it the people? Was it there a specific time where maybe just click for you? So this is what I want to do with, with, with my career. You know, I, I think on top of the people, there is a huge satisfaction that I get from being involved in a project and it's tangible when you get done. You can see it, you can touch it, you can feel what it does for the community. And that just tangible feeling, I, I'm not very good with abstracts, so when I have something to latch on to, it, it goes a long way, and there's a sense of fulfillment there. And then when you get to deal with the good people that are part of the process, I just think it's the whole package. So probably right before I graduated, I kind of realized that and just started gravitating towards construction. You hit on it at the beginning when we were talking about kind of the, the role of a Vice President of Business Development with the relationships with clients, the new clients, the existing clients. Um, kind of take us back there and, and why the importance of relationships and, and maybe advice you would give to, to someone on this topic who maybe is just getting into a professional career or maybe they're um, tenured like yourself and, and maybe uh, interest on the business development side, but talk about just relationships in, in general for you. To keep it short and upfront relationships in this business are everything um, from field relationships with laborers and carpenters all the way up to relationships through the ceos of the development firms and owners that we work for they are everything um, no relationship goes without you know strain and struggle there's difficult conversations you have to have in almost every relationship Having those conversations, though, with somebody that trusts you is a whole nother ball game, and it makes those conversations a lot easier when you can just look somebody in the eyes and tell them bad news, and they look you back in the eyes instead of getting upset. They appreciate you bringing them the bad news because they know right behind that bad news you're going to have a solution for it. Um, relationships aren't just important in all business. They're in every business. and. Every year that I age and kind of look back on my career, you just truly appreciate the good ones because of some of the bad ones that you've had. And the good ones, you just, you treasure and you nurture them and you continue to fertilize them. And, you know, those relationships bear fruit and it's symbiotic because, you know, the owners are getting something that they need with a good general contractor like Rayburn. Um, Rayburn is giving uh, all the support and all the workforce to do the jobs and has the owner's best interest in mind. And, you know, I've sat around the table with some of our owners um, when we're looking at deals and the question always comes up and it always comes back to, well, what is best for the client? What are we going to do for them to provide value to the client? Um, and when that happens, it's, it's hard to go wrong because you have all the ownership resources focused on what's best for the client. To kind of segue, when you're talking with existing clients, 
mainly and they're coming back for for repeat work what are some things and for our project team members that are listening what are some things that you hear from them of why we're coming back to Rayburn general contractors for for another go that's that's a great question um almost all of our superintendents and project managers in the field that i see i try to make this a point to tell them Mitchell Wyant or Mike Scarborough, we're not the reason that we keep getting repeat work. The, the rubber meets the road with you guys out here in the field because they have a plan, they execute the plan, they perform, they communicate, and they do the blocking and tackling. And at the end of the day, that's what matters is how we leave the job and how we finish it. We can put the best estimate together, have the best deal on the front end, but if we can't execute it in the field, we're, we're not much better than anybody else. And, you know, I just think our guys in the field and girls in the field, they are the front line, their boots on the ground and they make it happen. So that is a huge, huge feather in our cap when clients do come back to us and they say, whoever it is, pick a name. I mean, we've got, I could name 15 off the top of my head that right. would just stand up, but the client mentions them by name, tells them what they did for them and how they handle difficult situations. And they say, you guys do exactly what you say you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. um, and then the jobs are successes. I think that's a big deal. When you look back on your career and uh, what you know now, and again, you had mentioned kind of looking in the mirror every year and as you um, get more tenured in the industry, what would you tell maybe someone coming right out of school or, or the younger Mitchell Wyant, who is just kind of uh, full eyes uh, to, to the industry, what, what would you tell them? No, I, I think when a lot of folks come out of school, they are just itching to work, get a little money in your pocket, you've got your first job. So there's a lot of eagerness there. Um, one of my early mentors told me that I need to be in the field and I need to soak everything up like a sponge. And to be honest, I don't I didn't want to hear that at the time because I just felt like it was a little further away from where the mothership was and I'd be a little further detached from the business at hand. But looking back, it was 110 percent the right mm -hmm. advice to take and go in the field and learn all of the trades and how RFIs are handled and the struggles that a superintendent goes through on a day to day basis. When you realize all that stuff that's happening, and you're able to bring it back to the office in a corporate setting, whether it's five or 10 years down the road, you are light years ahead of other men and women who have come out of school and gone straight to the office and not had that experience because it just makes you a more well-rounded person and a well-rounded manager. And, you know, whatever your career takes you in, you just become that much more valuable to the organization. So. Nobody wants to hear it, but going in the field is huge and just learning from the tradesmen and superintendents and other project managers in the field. And we need more of it as, as every we, single day. As we see what the industry is doing and what the average age is for a tradesman. I mean, um, you mean hit on it. Yeah if, yeah. if I were standing in front of a class, pick the campus that had building science or civil engineering students and they asked for one piece of advice, you know, it would be you've got to be willing to go out of the field and do this stuff. And it doesn't have to be a permanent career path for you. Most people, it probably won't be. But if you take that approach, you will be light years ahead of your peers. What do you see, not just in construction, uh, it, 
really in general and with your experiences and you've been a lot around around a lot of really talented people um but what do you see successful people do uh, in in construction and then also just just in general um I, I go back to one piece of advice and i got this from my father but i constantly tell my kids and they could recite it to you if they were sitting here in this room with us right now because i tell them so much and they're probably sick of hearing it but it is you do what has to be done when it has to be done whether you feel like it or not and i tell my kids this after reciting that to them uh, thousands upon thousands of times i say guys and it doesn't matter if this is at work or at home at church you just do it and if you take that into life just as your motto um again you're going to be so much further ahead because by human nature we we all get tired and we want to relax and do stuff you know it life happens if you just do what has to be done when it has to be done whether you feel like it or not um that's it's a big part of winning attitude goes hand in hand with that if you can do that approach with a smile on your face things are going to fall in place for you consistently right consistently that's Every exactly day. right yeah um and you know hey look we're, we all fail my kids leave stuff on the stairs every day that they have to go and pick <laughs> up and i'm like guys you just walked by this i know you didn't want to pick it up but yeah. and uh it's it's a big deal um, i mean that's a that's always stuck with me that my dad had told me mitchell this has been great um thanks for providing these the, the insight uh, answering these questions and, and taking the time to do it and what we like to do at the end of every episode is just give our um a person that's joining us on the podcast opportunity just a uh an open-ended answer from you just to, to end of end us off this great episode and, and the carries through the next month or so so i'll turn it over to you to to, <laughs> to wrap us up so final thoughts um I would just say for everybody that is a Rayburn employee, um, our future is bright as a company. What you do every day in your role, um, never minimize it in your mind and say what I'm doing doesn't matter because it absolutely does. If you're here, you understand the course of the company and where we're going. And I would just say jump in with two feet and both hands, dig in, ask questions, and wake up every morning with a sense of urgency that when your feet hit the floor, you're going to do everything in your power to do what has to be done when it has to be done, whether you feel like it or not. And with a good attitude and a smile on your face, our management, our ownership is always here to support you. Pick up the phone or a phone call away. Um, and we appreciate every single one of you for what you do. Mitchell, thanks so much for kicking us off on our uh, new season, season two, the Radio Rayburn podcast and, and a new year. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Jacob. I appreciate the uh, opportunity. As we transition to some company news, we want to start by talking about our success factor of the quarter, which is drives for results. And some of the building blocks that make up our success factor drives for results includes get results in the following areas, safety, budget, quality, schedule, and relationships, self-motivated and diligent, selects the right priority when juggling multiple tasks, values and uses time effectively, including the time of others, 
pushes self and others for results in a healthy, positive way. Endurance to finish on time and done right, no matter the challenge. Works to achieve a work-life balance. Builds and maintains strong professional reputation with owners, architects, and subs by doing the big and small things well. And in the last, seeks to know other influential people, which gives RGC a competitive advantage. We welcome two new team members to RGC on January 3rd. Zach Barnes, Assistant Project Manager, who will work at the Auburn University Football Performance Center project. And Jeremy Logan, a business unit leader for Divisions 8 and 10, who will work out of the Birmingham office. Recently, Matt Hearn, VP of Operations, released our 2022 Academy Guide. You know, in 2021, we decided to make career development more purposeful and intentional with the release of the Academy, our training and development program. And with the first successful year in the books, we look to carry this momentum forward to bettering our program and our people in 2022. Our goal for the Academy this year is to make it a participatory learning experience for everyone. In order to do this, your commitment, involvement, and attention is necessary. And of course, you only get out of it what you put into it. We have several work anniversaries that we want to highlight. Ashley Colburn, Thomas Sletz, Jameson McKee, Baylor Nichols, and Cole Solomon for one year at Rayburn General Contractors. Tom Dill, Billy Gardner, Cody Hayden, and Derek Maddox for two years at RGC. Ben Hurd and Neil Morris for three years. J.R. Allen and Brian Platt for four years. Shay Odom, five years of service. Will McMurray, seven years, and Carl Levitt, 13 years, and Billy Runnels, 14 years of service. Thank you all for your work. Our birthdays as we look ahead to February, Eric Esco celebrates on February 6th, Carlos Cannonball on the 8th, Jane Parker, February 9th, Blake Schaffer, the 17th, Nate Burks, February 19th, David Nowing, the 23rd, Bobby Wright, the 24th, and John Strickland Jr., February 28th. Thank you for joining us on our kickoff episode for Season 2 of the Radio Rayburn Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the interview with Mitchell Wyatt, our Vice President of Business Development, and got caught up to date with all the company news at RGC. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon.